discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. We haven't even talked about the rivers yet. Transition, more like Transjordan, bring us to the rivers. The creation of women is very interesting and much like women themselves, mysterious. Nick Ribby's back. Wow, that's super deep, dude. Is a haiku a Japanese chiasm? All right, I'd like to welcome everyone to our an episode of Second Rate Saints podcast. Uh, this is the third episode in our creation series. Um... <clears throat> I'm your producer, Caleb. To my left is... I'm uh, Joel, and to my left is... Uh, I am Colton, and to my left... Joshua. Um, and to my left is Caleb. Oh, full circle again. Yeah. Um, sadly, we are missing another founding member, um, <laughs> Stuart, as per normal. One day, Stuart, you'll, you'll be here. He'll be a, c- a consistent member. Uh, <laughs> has he been on like one, one so far? Because he's... He was on some of the ones that we're never going to release, except maybe behind a paywall when we're not embarrassed by them anymore. I don't think that'll happen. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we're going to get dumber behind <laughs> with it. <laughs> That's not maybe. what I meant. I maybe. meant okay with where we started. Okay. I'm not okay with it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, welcome to the podcast. We're gonna. This is, again, the third episode of our creation series. Um, we're going to be going through Genesis 2, 4b... To uh, two four, no two twenty four, um, second creation account. But we're going to be cutting it off at just before. And the serpent was more crafty than all the beasts of the field. So we're going to save that for next week. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. But this week we're just looking at just the cosmic creation in the second creation account. Um, so just to just to recap that. Uh, the way we're approaching things, we're approaching things that uh, one one to two four a is one, two four b to three twenty four twenty five is another. Um, and if you want to, please go back, listen to our first creation account. We go over them as two separate accounts. How, why, why approach it that way? What are the benefits to approaching it that way? Um, and what are some of the drawbacks to approaching it that way? So, yeah, I'd encourage you to listen to the previous and uh, catch up to where we are now. Um, yeah, we're not doing a what have we read, so I'll just get right into the summary of the uh, of the text there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like the first creation account in 1.1 to 2.4a, uh, God is the sole author of all material life, but in this creation account, uh, it fleshes out that idea and makes it more personal. God's creative efforts in the Edenic account are more explicit, descriptive, and more personal than the previous. Like, he forms, he breathes, he plants. It's more like a hands-on than right. just the thing, do the thing. Right. And the stuff pops in. Um, you would say somewhat more personal, more involved. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. the first account, you're seeing the power of God. This one's you're seeing kind of the personality of God, right? Like how he's going to interact for the rest of scripture as well. Yeah, yeah, because he forms the actual animals and, and the dust into uh, into the shapes that they are, right? He, he causes, he plants the, the plants to grow, um, that type of stuff. And we're going to get into breeds as well. Um, 
Furthermore, both nature's aesthetic beauty and riches are tied to God's uh, intentional agency. One of the things with the rivers is he goes is is uh, he uh, the the rich minerals uh, that are associated with those rivers are um, are tied to God's creating power. Um, the forking river of the garden flows out and gives life-giving effects uh, to all of God's actions and presence. That's in. That's, we're also going to get into the river account. I'm looking forward to that. Um, well, the identity of the first two, two known rivers are shrouded in mystery. We know where the other two come from. We're going to talk about what that's related to with Mesopotamia and the Fertile Crescent. What are the names of the four rivers? Mm-hmm. All the Tigris, Euphrates, the Piscine? Pis- no, that's French for pool. Second, Pishon. Gidhan, Pushan, and Tigris and Euphrates. Mm-hmm. Um, when it gets into God's creation of humanity, humanity's role and relationship with creation, much like actually in the weak account, the previous account, the Edenic account also has this uh, role given to humanity. Uh, they're told to work and to keep it in 2.15. Uh, more than that, Adam is invited to participate in God's creative endeavor by naming the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a there's a weird parallel between the first account and the second account where God uses speech to bring objects into being, mm-hmm. um, um, and Adam uses them. To, Adam does a very similar thing where he names them, showing he has authority over right. them. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is a big thing in the ancient Near East, right? Huge. Um, and it's actually and we'll get into this later on as well. Uh, women is purposely not listed with the animals because she comes after all that. And her origin is to emphasize uh, Adam's need for her and her equality and both in both her role and worth with Adam. Finally, God places uh, Adam in the garden and explains his provision. You may surely eat of any of the trees of the garden to uh, 16b, but he provides a, he commands Adam with the following prohibition, uh, but not of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You shall not eat uh, to 14b. Um as such, the Edenic, present, uh, Edenic presentation of the creation of the created order is that of a subs- is that of subservient to humanity, male and female, and to be preserved and tended by humanity. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of the context in which then Satan slithers in in three yeah. one. <laughs> that's the opening. Yeah. 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 Um, it's important also to note that this is actually we're only covering over the first little section of a chiasm that's going on between two three we're going to bring it in next episode because the actual center point of that chiasm is in chapter three um for chiasms who don't just a recursor chiasms are like an arrow point in uh in the literature where it's there's corresponding both ends both ends both ends and when those two ends meet in the middle of the story that's the important bit of the story and so that's gonna there's a chiasm linking genesis 2 and genesis 3 Right, and we'll get more into that. But um, yeah, in the quick overview, what stood out to you guys? The creation of man is always interesting. It's always um, yeah. Every everybody kind of has this desire at different points in their life. It's like, where am I from? Mm-hmm. Or like, what am I? Okay. And it's it's. I think that's why Genesis is so captivating in everybody's mind. Why it causes everybody to argue about the creation of the world because everybody wants to know where they came from. Absolutely. Everybody wants to know what they are. Um, what they are and their purpose. Yeah. If they have a reason to exist or is are the nihilists correct. Right. <laughs> um, and so hearing how God created man 
in this story specifically because in the first one he kind of just makes them in his image just says it like you were saying it just happens just happens this one i've heard it said like the first first creation account is like uh god creates the cosmic order of things yeah it's more about god and the universe and Mm -hmm. humans in that universe Mm -hmm. yeah whereas the second is about god and humanity and how humans operate in the universe. Yeah. And so the emphasis is, is far more okay. between God and human and human and humanity than uh, God, cosmos, and humanity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Based off that idea, it's also interesting that um, one of the things that stands out to me is the seeming contradictions between this and the first creation account. Uh, how man was created before the the fish and the the birds and all that, witnessing creation as it's occurring as well as the fact that women is not made at the same time as Adam kind of idea. Um, I say seeming contradiction. We talked about a li- this a little bit last time. Yeah, um, and then more explicitly the time before that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the whole, yeah, the, the, this is why we say there are two different creation accounts as well. One of, one of the big reasons is because there's seeming inconsistencies, but it's giving two different perspectives of a generally same event. Yeah. yeah. I think my takeaway was probably the first thing that isn't good about creation he saw man was not meant to be alone kind of a thing mm-hmm. and that's like the creation of man and that we have the image of god in us and that's that's great and that's wonderful but it's also it's the relational nature of humanity absolutely highlighted in the first instance of humanity it's like it's immediately not good for us to be alone which is weird when you parallel um that with the fact that cain building cities was seen as sinful Right, so there's this back and forth of like how much relation is too much relation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, interesting. I know that's not what he's trying to say there, but I've also been like reading on ancient Mesopotamian cities, um, and to see that there was always relation needed. There's uh, that actually plays into the cosmic temple stuff. Well, then, and ancient Mesopotamian Can we stuff. hop off from here then? Or? We can. Or I think we, in order to, if we want to follow our outline, we can go mm-hmm. into, we've all, someone brought up something with humanity. Um, humans are, actually Colton brought this out in his papers on Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Um, all living things share the breath of God. Ecclesiastes uh, 3 specifically says... Uh, for who knows if the the spirit of the animal, the breath of the animal, or the breath of the man goes, or the spirit of the animal goes down and the spirit of the man goes up. The same word here being used is breath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's actually um, in the Bible Project mm-hmm. where he brings up that uh, the idea of God giving breath, this animating life. They 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 use the word, but it seemed like they were uncomfortable to use the word um, energy. Or yes. spirit. Yeah, right. he he um, kind of just wanted to stay away from that yeah. because of the whole uh, yeah. vibrations in the world. Yeah, yeah. Your mysticism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he that but there's this like life is borrowed from the ultimate yeah. source of life. Mm-hmm. Your life is gifted to you directly from the source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they also relate that to the idea that like the way the Jews would have looked at the world as being much more mystical. Um, that the that the the wind in the air was spirit. What like like when it says God comes in the cool of the day, because they can hear it in the trees. This animated moving force. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like when you breathe in and out, you're continuously taking in and expelling. Well, that that actually yeah. that 
goes specifically why in Acts, mm-hmm. Christ, not, well, the Holy Spirit comes in a, with a rushing wind and fills yep. the yep. upper room. It's, yep. it's a theophany, and, which is a, a physical manifestation of God. And um, Ezekiel, the, the, the dry bones, the, the, the wind of God yep. comes into the valley and brings life to the... Yeah. Well, and, and the very same, just the idea for if we're going to be going with life is what gives uh, wind and spirit, same word, yeah. uh, is what gives life. That's also the initial thing that hovers over the, over the deep. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And so this theme is all throughout. Yeah. Um, Last, so. in Genesis, the Genesis 1 podcast, we read out the God made man in his image. Do we want to read out the God making man in Genesis 2? Yeah, sure. So 2, 7, uh, and 8. Um, then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Uh, and then eight, and God and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and put the man from whom, put him, uh, and he put the man he had formed in it. Mm. It's interesting. I, I'm sorry. Every time I read that, all I can yeah. picture is when I'm in Wee College, which is a tiny little like little kids church and it's he breathed into his nostrils mm. and that's how we all read it <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah i like that there's a um i'm reminded of that you know like john eldridge books no nope. like, you never anyways he made a really interesting illusion that uh the book is called wild at heart it's about it's a christian men's book or whatever it's okay. young josh read it um most of it i don't care about anymore um but he makes this really interesting point that uh, he just like kind of like, just like sits you with it of like the man was created outside the garden and then put in it. Put in it, yeah. It's an interesting thing that sticks out to me as well. Yeah, and but the woman was made inside the garden. Just, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. So Gilgamesh would say, <laughs> any man living outside of a city is not a man at all, but a beast. So is God placing him within an organized system, making him truly a man rather than a beast mm-hmm. and setting him apart in that way. Wow, that's super deep, dude. Because that's where the guy went with it as well. well oh, really? You can, <laughs> you, cool, can also, you can also link that with Cosmic yeah. Temple stuff because yeah. if, um, if Adam and Eve are seen as the priest mm-hmm. representing um, the created order, they would have to represent the animals, the yeah, all yeah. of all of created order, yeah. and be that in between part. Because yeah. the, re- the what he put in it, the way he was discussing it was that men have this like like a bit of untamed nature to them. Mm-hmm. He was taking it further than that, but like this idea that like he was trying to draw a bad illusion that there's the reason some what reasons why men don't aren't like domesticated is because <laughs> they, <laughs> that's funny. It's really funny, but like. It's it's a really bad adaption of what you're saying. Yeah. Which is like we 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 are animals. We have animal cells. Yeah. We Right. Like we function the same as animals. There's the lizard do. brain. We look like apes because we are apes. Right. But mm. like yeah. Right. Whether or not we're derived from them evolutionarily, mm. we still we, 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 we still sh- look like them. We share a vast <laughs> amount of yeah, we look like apes and not like other animals. <laughs> look in the mirror. Oh. <laughs> yeah. If anyone wants to know what Josh looks like. <laughs> yeah, just look up a picture, chimpanzee. Um, oh, no, but anyways, but it's just like, it's because we're animals. It's interesting that, like you're saying, he extracts us from the animal kingdom and puts us in the garden. Well, I mean, maybe that's the entire point of this narrative is differentiation from 
from the common beast and and being yeah. created as a, a sub gardener with with God well, or a sub creator. Yep, God. that would be further confirmed yeah. in the now name the animals. Yes, yeah. yeah, given the authority of God almost. Yeah, and I was I messaged you about this. You already knew it, of course, but I well, I just it came to me um, was the like God in Genesis one names things and when he names them it differentiates them like like the the classification of the object separates it from the other things. He calls, like he separates the land and sea and calls the land, right. the earth and the, yeah. the waters, the sea, mm-hmm. right? And it separates them, the the day, night, and the darkness, the day, light, darkness, night. Um, and now man is naming these animals the way God names aspects yeah. of creation. Yeah. And in turn, it, sep- it makes them the animals. And now they're a bunch of different species of animals. It, the naming of them separates them from each other. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. One of the other things I was going to mention um, is that Adam, I don't know how far into this topic we want to get to now, but the idea of man and woman is that man, Adam specifically, is mentioned to have the breath of life fill his nostrils, but Eve is not. Eve is to be is taken from the living creature that already exists as part of him, which is significant and we'll talk about it a little bit. But um I don't know. I find it interesting that Eve was made at both after the naming of the animals, after the authoritative uh stuff of God. I'm not putting any prescriptions on that obviously. Mm-hmm. But um but also that the breath of life isn't mentioned with Eve, mm-hmm. although it is implied. Well, I think I think personally, um, the reason why Eve is made, I let's just go full blown into sure. into the into the creation of Eve stuff. Um, I think specifically Eve is created after the animals, after Adam has exhausted all the all the other potential other potential uh, partners, because it explicitly goes that he's like, hey, it's not good for you to be alone. Yeah, Find a partner. And he and God gets him to name all the other animals, the things that he has dominion over. And he's like, "Oh, there's no one there, right?" Anyway, sleep time now. <laughs> Makes woman rib out of there, or side. Yep. Well, that was gets. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep, yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, he yep. gets. He he takes that, and then wake up. Boom. Women. Mm-hmm. What. You look so excited, Josh. Tell me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm having one of those Josh moments where I found an allusion to another t- piece of text. See, I was going to um, bring this up too. I know what you're going to um, say. Abram and the covenant. He was put to sleep, and then oh, God no. does it, and then provides him help. the The sacrifice, like like oh, the, where, the where the where the where the burning chalice goes through the yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 but God provides the answer to the problem by putting the man asleep. Does the thing comes yeah. back? Problem solved. With, with, what part of Genesis is this with Abram? Uh, I can't Genesis remember. Genesis 24 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It? Okay. It's a very interesting part. And so it, it, it would fit that the author would revisit the same theme. I, I want to explore that further yeah, when we talk about... We'll get there, yeah. yeah. When we go into our patriarch stuff, we're going to get there. Yeah. Um, interesting. The thing, I, the thing I... Sorry. The, the thing I thought you were going to bring up was the whole... Because Caleb, you mentioned it's the rib of Adam or the side. Mm-hmm. I do like the, because uh, I've seen this illusion drawn in many youth groups kind of ideas, the uh, the ancient Greek idea of like men, uh, men and women were connected and that God split them apart because they thought they were too powerful. <laughs> you, you've heard of yeah. that, right? I've, I've heard of that, but actually, if we're going to use, if 
if we're going to just bring up ancient Greeks, the overwhelming ancient Greek um, opinion of creation of women, right. um, and this would be the polemic account of yeah. this, is women were a curse on ma- mankind. <laughs> so, yeah. what is what is specifically the polemic in, in, okay. so in Genesis? So, it wouldn't be a polemic to the Greeks, though. It's not contemporary. Sure. Okay, cool. It's, Maybe. It, you're right. It's not a polemic. Yeah. You're right. What is the you're point right. that the Greeks... But it's an interesting allusion. Yeah. It's, it's, you're right. It's not a polemic. Huge Thank difference, you. though. It's, but it is antith- antithetical? Yeah. Yeah. It is completely or contrary. They are anathema to each other. Yes. Yeah. Or it's just, they are not a curse. Yeah. Is it's actually... A blessing. Eve, yeah. Is Adam needs Eve. Doesn't that have something to do with Persephone? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to. <laughs> okay, sorry. We're going to do a Greek episode. No, we won't. Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Who wants to get into Greek drama plays? <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah. one episode where we just don't bring up the Bible at all. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get into polemics later and later on. Later yeah. on. But it it the it sucks that like culture and 2000 years of history has made it I mean, all of human history has made the divisions and the the ability to read that passage so difficult because of how men and women have fought each other over time and how cultures have viewed each other and how the Bible discusses the relationship between men and women. And then we see this and it so much, we come into that few verses with so much baggage of like, what does it mean that the woman's made after? What does it mean that she's made from? What does it mean that they're helpers? What is it? Well, to me, and it's going to get in there in, in, Mm -hmm. it's going to be, Big in chapter three again yes. when it comes up later. Yeah, um, it appears as though Genesis two three on the commentary on men and women appears to be specifically tacking the idea of male men dominating women. Oh yeah, it's definitely it saying it's specifically bad. saying that's not what you're supposed to do. That's yeah. not the created it's part relationship. Part of the bad, yeah, yeah, of the new world, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like you said, it's the baggage of even the translators as they're. Um, because there's a, a what is it the term um she was made as a suitable helper yeah right um where the more common uh translation now is a um helper that can match him or something yeah. like that like okay. that it's it's definitely more complementary yeah. and it's like, the same word used for the spirit in acts yeah yeah okay oh, yeah in the in the septuagint it's a and i'll provide you a, and he gives the disciples like you will have i will send the helper hmm is that it's the same word used for Eve. Hmm. And yeah. And so that's one of those interesting. Yeah. That's one of the big, like, oh no, like they're not. So you're saying uh, women are better than us. No, You're saying that the, the conservative Septuagint uh, translators were more liberal than the yeah. liberal of the English translators. Yeah. What I'm saying is that if you're consistent with your view, then you have to say that the Holy Spirit is sub, yeah, Le- less than hum- if human. if that word has to be translated. Yeah, way, I guess. so uh, they're everywhere all the time, and when they talk, I don't understand them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. We'll edit it out. <laughs> no, no, it's funny. Um, Some, something I don't want to get too far into because it's not really a rabbit hole. It is relevant to this thing, but it could become a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Is uh, chapter two, verse uh, twenty-three, twenty-four? Uh, I think is very interesting, um, and I want to see what you guys think about it. The man, uh, this is it. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. 
she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Uh, quick pause. Uh, the Hebrew words being Adam for Adam for man, and then Adamah for woman. Uh, a lot more relevance there than in English. Man and woman actually have two different origins for their words, so it would be it's a bit uh, confusing. Isha and Asha. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. Adama would be ground. Ground. You're right. <laughs> and Adam is is like humanity ground man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Ground creature. <laughs> yeah. Chapter twenty five says that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Now, last episode I had a bit of a misconception about what the two become one. They cleave from their parents to become one flesh. I thought that had more to do with uh, children. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. We were talking about functionality rather than material mm-hmm. idea, and I don't want to get too far into that again, but um, that Moses seems to be saying that is why a man leaves his father and mother, as in, like, they were from the same thing. That is why they and do they come this. back together. What, what do you guys think about that? Oh, the author could be meaning that. <laughs> wow, such a... That it's not a brand new connection, but a restoration? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah, partially, yeah. Well, I think it's it could be... Like what you're saying there, I think such a such a framework of them splitting apart and coming together, right, would facilitate them that growing that the expectation of a growing population, right? Like it just builds that framework of how this this is how people maintain a proper, healthy helpmate relationship. Sure. With an expanding population. Okay. What What about the idea? Because I can't remember the word for it specifically, but it's the idea that an ancient story used to explain a process in real life. Like, uh, as kids were taught, like, the the giraffe has a long neck because an elephant pulled its its neck and it stretched yeah. out. There's a technical yes. term for this. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I can't remember. It's not just myth. Yeah. <laughs> Useful fiction? Useful. There we go. Useful <laughs> fiction. Um, that this seems to be that, quote-unquote, useful fiction, or this idea yeah. that, much like the Tower of Babel explaining languages or uh, even Noah explaining, like, the whole flood yeah. idea. Um, that this is saying, it's almost saying this happened because of this, that because God separated them, this is why this happens. What do you think? Um, is, is that what the Bible is saying or is that reading into it? I might be doing this to the text, Mm -hmm. um, up, but for a different reason. Okay. Um, I think this is a reflection of how the the separating of adam sorry the the taking of eve out of adam and making it two people instead of one if it was one person and not just he took some of his stuff and made another person um, um right is the idea that he, um from the new testament if humans reflect god in their nature because they're made in his image um humans are better as uh, different individuals okay. conversing to each other. Like, the whole relationship aspect. The whole relationship aspect, the same way that the, the Trinity is three people interacting with each other. Yeah. Um, and that as humans, we it also allows us to understand God better when we understand the, the person with the other aspects, the, the feminine aspects of the, of the divine. Interesting. Okay. That this yeah. is addressing that God is both 
men and women in terms of character? No, that his that humans that males and females uh, express different character traits of God, attributes okay. of God, God's character. Interesting, because um, and that by the the having that relationship, mm-hmm. they better reflect God than an individual, right. but not you're not less than being married in Paul's argument. It's just you. There, there's something else. They're complementary. Yeah. See now, egalitarian marriage. We completely disagree with you there. Like people who believe in an egalitarian marriage rather than complementary. I'm not going to get into. Yeah. That. But um, how can you be so sure you're right? I'm not. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm not. That's just. That's just. I like the idea. Okay. Yeah. If, okay. any, if anything, the text would somewhat lean that way. I don't even know if I agree, but I think it's a, yeah. a plain reading of the text, or at least in, lean closer to that. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. That, like, there is a clear theme throughout Genesis of men's relationship to women in terms of, like, not role necessarily, well, but just Adam, compl- like Adam is depicted as not good being alone. Yeah. Yeah. This is a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that whatever, I think that that ties in and I think to a certain extent bolsters the argument that you were saying there, Josh, but yeah, I'm not even sure if I'm fully in, but yeah, no, it's again, it was just, it's just an interesting, um, thought that's been reoccurring, not necessarily a doctrinal issue that I have, but like, uh, like, uh, as above, so below humans at their like as they're supposed to function mm-hmm. are is a multiple persons right. interacting with each other. Like you said, much like the Trinity, Le- like, much well. like the Trinity okay. that, that, that they, they express the way God loves the different persons. The father loves the son, the son, the Holy spirit, the, the Holy spirit, the father and all that, the, the interconnected love between them in that relationship, the same way the man loves the woman and the woman loves the man. And then they love their children and right. blah, blah, blah. This kind of gets into a little bit of what we were talking about. Last time with the image of God yeah. in chapter chapter one twenty seven, uh, the men and women he created them in his image kind of yeah. idea is that the relation like Joel said that relationship is a big part of that specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And women's creation is kind of you know uh, well I don't want to get too far into chapter three, but it is paralleled with the ideas and and flips yeah. uh, with. The chiasm the does come into play. Yeah. It's interesting. The, the The creation of women is very interesting and much like women themselves, mysterious. <laughs> the McRib is back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your comments, Joel. I was... I could have fallen asleep. Um, man, this is a... This is a really choppy... Um, our topics... Because the next topic that we that we skipped over just for the smooth, for talking about one topic into leading into another, but now I don't see how I can bring this back well, other than do this. Someone doesn't have the docs open. No, no, no. It's fun because like like a river, our topics are choppy. Oh man, that doesn't. We haven't even flow. talked about the rivers yet. Oh what? <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? Anyway, transition more like Transjordan. Bring us to the rivers. <laughs> <laughs> this went perfectly. Yes. You, te- you tested me on the intro. Uh-oh. What are the four rivers? Uh, Pishon, Gihon, uh, Euphrates, and Tigris. Good job. Here's a golden star. Not only did he say them, he said them backwards. I don't care. <laughs> what? Did I? 
Rivers don't go backwards. Let's Continue. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I brought it up a little bit in the introduction and the overview where it's like, so out of the garden, there's one river that flows and then it actually splits up into four, into those four rivers, um, two of which make up, that actually take up two thirds of the uh, fertile crescent. Um, the fertile croissant as <laughs> that's where france was founded <laughs> no um just being frank oh my god wow oh. um but in that in in that section between the the tigris and the euphrates uh, there's actually six 600 miles of rich reliable um agricultural ground yep normally when it is um when you dredge it properly. When you dredge it properly and um, when you have irrigation systems, which during yep. that time, those people did. Warfare even went around the irrigation systems. Because it was so valuable. Because it was so valuable. Because that's yeah. why you took land there. Yep. Um, and so one of the reasons why you see certain parts of civilization develop faster and otherwise is that area around the Fertile Crescent actually developed relatively like pretty fast. Because of the mud. That's it. Yeah. It's all just mud. Yep. All they had to do was bring trees in. Light up a kiln, and boom, city of Uruk. There you go. <laughs> and that relates to the uh, polemics later on. Anyways. Yeah, foreshadowing for something we're not doing yet. Polemics that's, called, that's what foreshadowing is. <laughs> um, yeah, so Tigers and Euphrates. There are two other rivers, as Colton mentioned. Um, we don't know where they are. They are not listed. I do. Um, John Walton and... Uh, some other scholars. Some other scholars in actually IVP's background co- Bible background commentary. They have like, hey, we might know where one is, but um, actually, as Joel mentioned, D.A. Carson is just like, no. And so scholars debate on these yeah, two other I've rivers. Heard multiple different. Sources. Yeah. I was trying to do research, and the only line they had on the last two rivers was like, finding them is impossible. <laughs> it's like, we don't know. Yeah. The, yeah. Large, the largest one I see for the Pishon is the Nile. But like we talked about a little bit before, that might not even be true. So these two other rivers, they're not there. Yeah. And if you look at a map, it's there's only two of the four rivers named on Earth. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the Bible's are... wrong. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have also heard that the other river, the Gihon, or the, whichever one, the other river that's not the one that runs, runs through Kush, could have also gone through from Armenia to Anatolia-ish area. Yeah. That's why I've heard, again, yeah. this is mostly speculation. Yeah. Um, Tiger and Euphrates, we know where those are. They still exist today in Iraq. And it really sets the scene for being in Mesopotamia, being on the Fertile Crescent. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's pretty clear where we're the at. The birth well, of it's, nations. It's, it's also, it just associates the idea that, oh, the, the garden, the source of life, right? Yeah. Um, from the, the place where God visits humanity, who, uh, the place where the author of life visits his living beings yeah um out of that flows the most fertile mm-hmm. uh, yep. rivers the the, the first place of civilization yeah yeah um so, sorry no continue you? i was gonna cut you off oh um unless people want to talk about the rivers more can i talk about cosmic temple you mean didn't, ezekiel's te- the largest a, a temple? point about uh the rivers based on yeah in the polemic section okay never mind sorry. uh well the rivers oh no the there's the river that there's the river, dried riverbed that runs from Medina across Saudi Arabia over to the Persian Gulf, which lands near where the other two rivers land. And with aerial footage, like satellite footage and geo- geologists yep. um, that study 
sand like and desert movements you you can find a dried riverbed that runs through there is it that one maybe fair enough but there's a riverbed that runs that big and it's huge and it's dried um one of the interesting things with the rivers particularly with um the the two that we don't know yeah um there's gold and onyx that are mentioned they flow into lands of gold and onyx uh, which actually tie into at least the way my reading goes with the cosmic temple um significant specifically with where's uh, the cosmic temple caleb well, if you listen to our last two episodes, you know it as well. It's the idea of the... <laughs> I um, didn't listen to it. It's presenting... It's the idea that Genesis 1 to 3 is... There are massive illusions, and not just illusions, there are certain things that are just on the nose, mm-hmm. of relationship between Israelite understanding of uh, what a temple is, how a temple functions, how the temple is the dwelling place of God, what is humanity's role as priest in that section? And it's that presentation of all of these terms that they understood related to their temple is built into God creating the whole of the cosmos as a, as a totality. Um, and it's not just Israelite themes. Uh, it's, Israelite themes are more prominent in, in Eden, uh, Edenic account, okay. um, with their temple stuff. Um, there's more ancient Near Eastern uh, cosmic temple themes in the first creation account, um, which if you li- listen to those, um, you'll actually see those. Just to be clear, when you say Edenic account, you're talking about the what the we call the Garden the, of Eden. Yeah, the creation account in chapter two and three, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just double checking. Yeah. Um, Clarify. And so there's there's a couple reasons why you would see the uh, cosmic temple stuff going on uh just starting off with the rivers just because that's what we're talking about the golden onyx um are associated with the priestly garments in exodus 25 7 11 14 31 they're also the rivers um are flow out of the heavenly temple in ezekiel and i think there's even some in um in revelation as well well i'm getting there Uh, elijah and then in revelation there's the the new the uh the new new city, um, yep. New Jerusalem, and rivers flowing out of that, and the the the, ev- the even richer, even more refined gold onyx, and and the the riches, the rich materials, um, and, and the multiple trees of life that line the river, mm-hmm. not just one at its source, which is replaced by Jesus, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> just better than um, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, so there's there's. There's connections with the uh, the eschatological or even or even a heavenly temple, um, which the earthly temple was supposed to be a mini representation of in Ju- in Israelite thought. Um, there's also some instances where it's like the rivers flow from the, from Mount Zion, which is heavily tied to even the uh, in uh, in Psalm uh, okay. literature. Um, and so obviously they they look at Mount Zion, they see the temple. There's no physical river, rivers flowing out of it, but they go, no, the rivers of life, the the source yep. of life flows out from yeah, the right. presence of God, which is on Mount Zion in the temple in Jerusalem. Yeah, right. Um, not not to add a little bit in, but uh, for clarification, is the is the idea of the the waters that are the thing that bring life? Is that from Egypt, Egypt, or from Mesopotamia? That idea. Both have that. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a common theme, not just in, in ancient Near Eastern stuff. That's in, I, I'm actually 
Josh. Yep. Spur of the moment. Oh, does it, Aztec cosmology have stuff on? Because that's what you're reading. Yeah. Um, um, their stuff about rivers is less like rivers are, I think, seen as like uh, cross boundaries. So they have, they have specific boundaries with like living beings, like the gods in the sky, the, the fish and the stuff live in the waters and humans don't go there. Interesting. You just, you just don't. Humans are the land creatures. It's interesting because their capital is built on a swamp. Yes. Yeah. A whole lake. Yeah. 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 And rivers were seen as like the, um, I believe, uh, the boundary crossers. Interesting. Kind of like uh, their quasal coat, the one god of the sky and land. He was seen as the, the one that crosses boundaries. Well, I know in... in Roman and Greek, which borrow heavily from ancient Mesopotamian, that's more specifically Greek than Roman. Okay. Um, rivers are s- seen as a source of life, but the reason why they were seen as a source of life in the ancient, both in especially in Egypt, but even in the ancient Near East and Mesopotamia, is if you don't have those rivers, you have dry, sandy, garbage right. ground. Um, D- yeah, the, the equivalent in the uh, Mesoamerican um, people would have been rain oh. um like rain is big with like ball worship and stuff like that but it's it's like but that's because in the area of canaan there's no major river like there's the the little creek of jordan but it's like you don't see as much rain imagery in babylon and the the egyptians and the nile it's mm-hmm. the river is the source of life mm-hmm. whereas the major god that they worship in mesoamerica was talalok the rain god right. uh, the one who consorts with the water deities mm-hmm. people um and he brings rain for the, the the people interesting um so interesting you could say that the uh without the rivers you only have the tofu bovo- yes. tofu bohu of the of the desert right no that would be actually no tofu bohu is talking about the the deep um although tofu bohu is later than used for the desolate uninhabitable wasteland that is yeah. post um post Assyrian sacking of Israel. Right. Um, Making the sacking of Israel an act of decreation. Which is weird yeah. in their mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so like there's there's specifically in, uh, there's more tying with the cosmic temple. We brought this up before again, but uh, Adam is depicted as a, as a priest with his task. He's told to work and to keep. Um, to work and to keep the garden, specifically in Genesis 2, uh, 15. Um, those tasks are explicitly then used for priests in the temple. Mm. Those specific words. Uh, in Numbers 3, 8, 18, 1 Chronicles, and Ezekiel, and in Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel 44 and Ezekiel 23 and uh, 28, sorry. And specifically, Adam is actually depicted in Ezekiel 28 as adorned in priestly garb. Mm. Um, so there's there's reading into the past of Israelite thought with Adam as a priest, legit, full-blown. Okay. Um, and you also have uh, God's spirit walking back and forth in the garden, Genesis 3.8, which again is next chapter, but... We'll talk about less cosmic temple stuff there. Whereas uh, God's spirit walks to and fro on the tabernacle, which is in Leviticus and Deuteronomy and in Samuel and Ezekiel, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's there's more st- stuff to tie in with... Uh, there's a lot more smaller stuff to tie in, but um, 
those are those are just some light points um, about the cosmic temples, rivers, the role of of Adam and Eve, and God's behavior in the created order. And so they would have thought at this point, like in the first chapter, they would have viewed creation itself as a sacred place where God meets with humanity and humanity works out their purpose, which right. is to subdue the earth, to tend the garden, to work and to keep it. Um, yeah. And that's the context in which Adam and Eve live. Humanity lives. And then chapter three is coming up. Don't worry. Yep. Yep. It won't stay harmonious for forever. Um, yeah. That's, that's just the, a light perusal of the cosmic temple stuff. So the temple is interesting. I wanted to bring this up the other two times, but it didn't feel right. I think it feels right now. Um, we refer to gen- the garden as the cosmic temple. Mm-hmm. Is or that it's the it has temple imagery. It's more that the entire creation is the cosmic temple. Yeah, and the garden itself in Eden is, is the, the whole is the holy of holies. holies. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is we describe it that way, but we don't describe considering the temple came after, the physical temple came after, that we don't describe the temple with garden imagery. We do. Okay. It has uh, carvings of pomegranates yes. and trees and all that kind of yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the lampstand is reminiscent of the uh, the tree of knowledge. Yeah. Um, no, I know that. But I mean, the, it's interesting that we call the garden a temple and not the temple a garden. Like like the like the directionality of the, oh, the references yeah that it's we use a later image to describe the first image um, yeah well I mean the the maybe perhaps contrary to certain mm-hmm. people's comfortability with reading of the text um, if the original authorship being Moses if he's writing this yeah. down these people are likely making the tabernacle as this is going down. Yeah, he will be penning the right. story. Yeah, um, as these people are making the tabernacle and seeing it put up. So mm-hmm. if he wants, if he's trying to portray creation in that similar parallel, it would be a more reading back into uh, mm-hmm. the creation account because they're at the place where they make the tabernacle. Yeah. They're setting up. They're immediate. They're, Both is their first experience yeah. with it, um, and so they're hey, this is an image for you to understand the cosmos as a whole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's a very interesting thing. I've, I've toyed with how I would actually present that in my paper to my prof, and I'm not sure how yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah. No, I like that they're connected. It's a good um, image. Yeah. Interesting when you start bringing ideas of not to, you know, doing the, the cardinal sin of biblical theology and going, hey, look at Revelation. Look at this later part and read it back in the, how Revelation uses very very similar imagery to both the temple to the creation of or the the holy city of jerusalem which is later but um and then also eden the again these cosmic temple idea that you're talking about yeah yeah it's interesting that genesis one if you really want to get complicated with it what does it mean for your body now to be the temple of god (laughs) it means that you're the place where god and man commune Yes, I am the I am the garden. Wait a second. Is that you are you are always in the holy of holies, the presence mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't sin. <laughs> <laughs> don't sin because you're filled with pomegranates. Yes. <laughs> what? What? 
don't have a don't have a an epiphany after something no, that's like that. So <laughs> no cherubim guard the most holy place. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's on the ark. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, but what's no, 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 not that. Okay, no, but it's interesting. Is that where guardian angels come from? <laughs> no, like no, the the concept no. or the uh, the the myth of it. No, no, no. I that was mostly a joke, but like the idea of like. Um, the angels watch over and like like rejoice when somebody is mm. like converted. Yeah, when somebody finds God, God finds them, and they find God. Well, to a certain degree, I guess it would yeah. be them entering into that Edenic relationship again. Yeah. Um, okay. Getting past the angel with the, the flaming sword of judgment. Yeah. Um, right. Which we're we'll not there in. yet. Yeah, we're which we'll not get into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Josh and Joel. Polemics. Polemics. We went deep into polemics, deeper into yeah. polemics in the first chapter in, in 1, 1 to 2, 4a. Um, but there's also polemics in this one. If this is your first episode, a polemic is roses are red, violets are blue, my opinions are better than you. And you take somebody else's <laughs> poem or their piece of literature yeah. and you replace it with your own whatever it is. You twist it so that it now says... Um, something positive about your side of the argument. It doesn't even need to be an argument. It's almost like parody with a purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like it like has yeah. um, not so much a, a mockery of the other side, but rather a reinstating of already acknowledged facts for the purpose of your narrative. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So if you can parse out what I just said there and apply that to mm-hmm. uh, this piece of text, chapter two, if chapter one was uh, referencing the mes- the uh, Memphis creation story, yeah. uh, commonly found in the... Uh, Egyptian world. Egyptian world. Um, what's the, the first creation story? The Ogdode. The Ogdode. I always forget the name yeah. of it. Um, and there's know. two others. There's the, um, the Hierapolis and the... Um, yeah, those are variations yeah. based off of city-states, though, so we yeah. don't really need to go off of those. Yeah. Um, so if, if that's what was happening in the first chapter, the second is actually confronting a bit of the wider Sumerian Mesopotamian religions, um, specifically the Enuma Elish. And the uh, Atrahasis epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. But well, the majority is the Enuma Elish. Yeah. What, what about it is similar to the Enuma Elish? Gosh. Uh, the opening. Yeah. Um, I, we read that out the first episode, so I'm not going to yeah. read it out again. Um, the first Genesis episode about how they open up the same way. The phraseology is the same. Yeah. Um, when, when on high, um, when there was no gods, when there was no rain, when there was no man, uh, Tiamat and Apsu made these, this male and female sub-god underneath, gods underneath them. Yeah. And then Genesis 2, 5 when, opens up. When there was no bush of the field uh sorry when no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant in the, in the field had yet sprung up the lord and the lord god had not caused it to rain upon the land there was no man to work on the ground and the mists were going up from the land mm-hmm. and was watering the whole face of the ground yeah and then it jumps into in a bit god creates male the the, the adam and then later the woman separating them in between with the animals in between but um but after that, you get the creation of man. In the Genesis story, you get God breathes life, his life into the man, forms him out of the dust of the earth, mm-hmm. and then fills him, breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. In the Enuma Elish, you get this giant cosmic war between the gods. The gods 
killing each other. The, the children of Tiamat and Apsu uh, kill their father, and then the mother, Tiamat, wages a war, creates demons to oppose the gods, monsters and dragons and stuff like that. And the, the god, the 800 gods can't compete with 15 monsters. Um, and But then this one god named El has a son named Marduk, who he's super cool and better than everybody else, even though he speaks truth to power. That is the placeholder. He speaks truth to power. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, through a bow. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. He's the magic words. He's the, the insert for the cities. So a lot of times different cities, um, because Mm -hmm. we found this one, uh, in the library of Ashurbanipal, it would have been Marduk because it was his, um, his deity, like the deity over Babylon. Right. Um, so a lot of times if you find variations, it's going to be because that city is just more loyal to a different god. So the hero is different in different yeah. stories. Um, though the, the one that often gets quoted is the Marduk one, Yeah, it seems. Well, because um, he was the most successful. Like the yes. most people who believe he did it, yeah. did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, built the most temples and yeah, yeah. yeah, and they won. And so um, he is like, yeah, cool. I'll fight your grandmother if you, uh, if you give me all your special weapons your magical weapons that give you the powers. Um, and then you make me the head God um, and then worship me like them. And they're like, okay, just k- kill our mother, please. Um, and so he goes out to war. They handle the monsters and he takes on Tiamat by himself in his chariot, um, throws the net on her so that she can't fly away from one of the other gods. She's about to suck in the wind so that she can blow out the, the, the fire of the judgment and destruction that dragons do and then he's like nope does a uh, blows into her mouth with the magic words yeah, the level five uh cantrip yeah yeah um and <laughs> fills her body so that she can't breathe out the fire and then he shoots his cool bow and annihilates her uh and then cuts her in half makes the earth out of one half makes the sky out of the other half and then with her blood mixes it with the mud or the clay mm-hmm. in between the rivers and makes humans so that they can have a slave population to feed them and build a temple. Woo! Woo! Um, also, the reason they had to kill Tiamat was because they were partying too hard and Tiamat wanted to kill them for it. Yeah, but it's so interesting. So she goes to her husband, yeah. Apsu, and she's like, hey, they're, they're too loud. And he's like, okay, I've got a solution. Let's kill them. And she's like, they're our kids. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. L, the other god's like listening in to his parents talking about it. And Apsu's like, oh, no, no, you're right. That was a bad idea. Goes to sleep. And then while he's asleep, L, the major god or Enki, depending on the story, goes and kills his dad in his sleep. Because he's like, he's going to kill us. But he didn't hear that he said, no, nah, I'm not going to kill them anymore to... So what you're saying is creation is a tragedy? (laughs) So very interesting. How is this connected to Genesis 2? The breath of life um, is different. The the creation of humans Mm -hmm. is, uh, in the Genesis story, is this beautiful event where God breathes in his own life into them. The the breath of life. Um, And forms them, crafts them, designs them for his will, and then makes the garden for them puts them in it to work it and partakes with them and lives with them. The trees are for them. The, um, uh, it's beautiful in this story. There's no cosmic temple. 
humans are not desired by the gods. They make them so that they don't have to do work. And they enslave them to make a temple for them. Whereas God builds a temple for himself that they reside in. And okay. food is the main, is, is yeah. for the gods. Yeah. And humans can like take a little bit, but it's on, it's made to go to the temple to, to mm-hmm. feed the gods. Where in Genesis, it's the food is, well, yeah, food is for you. There's one thing that I tell you not to do, but everything else, eat everything. Yeah. It is interesting to hear the differences between them. Um, I'm also interested, what are some of the similarities? Because we're saying it's a comic, yeah. so what, like, what's similar between the two? The similarities is the, the, like, the temple placement of, like, the temples at the center of the world where the gods reside. Right. Um, you've got the rivers as part of the, the, the story okay. um, where, the, where, the, where the battles are taking place. Um, you've got the, the, creation, the, the beginning, the phraseology of the story is written the same way. There's also a lot of people see f- similar phraseology between, uh, between, oh, I can't remember now. There's, there's two characters in, there's a male and a female character. Lamu and Lahamu. That could be. There's, whatever, yeah. their relationship yeah. is, uh, there's similar phraseology between the relationship, between the f- relationship between Adam and Eve. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's, there's, there's some, there seems to be borrowed ideas. Yeah. Um, right. Less is less direct than cha- chapter one in terms of similarities, yeah. but yeah. still some. And the most obvious polemic is polytheism versus monotheism. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Polytheism versus monotheism. And no chaos comp, the battle of chaos yeah. to create the world. Right. And that's the, that one was a creation came about because of a fratricide, mm-hmm. uh, a the children killing their parents, whether they be gods or not. Uh, um, destruction of the unity between the the chaos and the order god, Absu and Tiamat, um, and the disruption of order. Whereas this is a bringing about of order from a god who cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's like the blood of a dead god or the breath of a living god is like yeah. the, right, another right, right. huge yeah. uh, point of contention. There. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, the the food is for the gods, mm-hmm. and the humans make it for the gods, or the food is for the humans, and the god made it for the humans. Right. Um, and then Marduk establishes a temple at the very end. Yeah. Right? Which isn't what happens. Yeah. For Genesis. Well, it it's that, um, that plays into a very common, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that plays into a very common ancient Near Eastern uh, cosmology creation account. Not just in the uh, Anumalish, but it also takes place in a bunch of other ones, and some yeah. in in, uh, in Egypt, where gods create the universe, and then humans or the gods themselves build a temple. That's the capstone of creation. Yeah, um, and so that's one of the reasons why it's thought in Genesis one, yeah. why it's the end of a cosmic temple is because God rests. Mm. Well, but there's no physical temple. Yeah, where all other cosmologies in that time, there's some sort of physical temple. Yeah. Okay, well, right. right, because the physical temple is the created order itself yeah. for God. Yeah. Um, so that's that point plays into just a larger, less less like verbatim yeah. polemic, but a, a, a larger polemic with Genesis one. The, right. Yeah. So here's here's something: the Babylonians would go on to create the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Maybe mm-hmm. we don't know if they actually exist, but we're yeah. pretty sure they exist. Do you think that 
the Garden of Eden is a direct polemic of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Is our God created a garden for us? You had to create a garden for your gods. There's some of that. I've heard that the idea that there's um, gardens too are a kingly yeah. uh, thing. Um, and th- they really were. Like even when um, yeah. when the uh, Persian Empire emperor came into Greece, he actually brought plants with him all the way during the just before the Battle of Thermopylae, actually. Um, and he brought his plants with him. Because he's spending water on plants instead of his men. Yeah. Well, we already mentioned it with yeah. the Fertile Crescent. is like yeah. one of the distinctive uh, parts of society is the irrigation system. Yeah. Is yeah. the fact you can sustain your, yourself yeah. and your people yeah. with water. But it was hard work. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, he brings, but he brings plants with him. He has gardens in his, in his villas and in his yeah. palaces because that's a kingly thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a sign of opulence. Yeah. This mm-hmm. idea that you see it through all, yeah. literally even to today, uh, with the medieval times, you see these nobles and kings who are, have these lush silks from that are too expensive for normal people, and then perfect clear white skin because the pe- the normal peasants work in the field and get tanned and wrinkly yeah. skin. Um, the ancient. Near East, you have the, the harem kind of ideas that uh, men yeah. sometimes have to fight over different women because there's not as many, uh, yeah. or, or whatever, they have to fight for whatever. But the, the king, look at his harem of, of women. He has all of these. Look how splendor, how much splendor he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that the garden is, a garden is a similar idea to that, that look at how much water, I, how much control over nature even I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so it's, I've heard a lot of people go with the... Uh, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, which um, uh, is isn't that tightly tied to which Babylonian king is that tightly or tied to? Nebuchadnezzar. Um, I don't think it's Nebuchadnezzar. No, it might be the first no, Nebuchadnezzar because we run into the third, I believe. Yeah. Um, I know it's tied to. I, I forget which one is supposedly like either the restorer or rebuilder. Yeah. If my well, they had to right. restore it, right? Because it's the old Babylonian. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it's. It's that uh, I've heard it said that there's uh, that that's the main that's one of the main points for Adam already having this at least starting to have this uh, the first point in a typology of kingship. Yeah. Um, obviously, the right. dominion over the over all of creation that's like the most clear as the regents of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Again, from chapter one and chapter two, there's this and, idea. Well, and that's another polemic: is the man has man is placed as rulers over creation, whereas in the Enuma Elish, they're placed as slaves to the gods. Yeah. Right. Or their kingship comes from their priestly nature. Yeah. That they weren't set in place, but they were descended from the god. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, there's also a reference in the Sumerian texts to a tree that brings life to b- rejuvenates life and its roots descend into subterranean rivers of life okay. um referencing to the creation of the tree of life in the middle of the garden where the tree where the river of life flows from um but in that one it's not just restorative it is the source of mm. um and then yeah there's there's probably more but there's honestly because Genesis two, two four B to three twenty five is a chiasm. Yeah. it feels a little weird. Just yeah. it feels like we start to go and then we stop. Start yeah. to go and then we stop. Yeah, start to go and then we stop. Um, and so unless do you guys have more that you guys want to say? Um, 
Oh, I have one more thing about polemics. Sure. Um, you mentioned that the different cities put a different god at the center uh, at the, as the hero of the Enuma Lish. Uh, what's interesting about that is they're polemicizing each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That would. Be- so it's like it's it's this isn't a new. This isn't just like a thing that God does. It's a the religions did this to each other in the areas around them. They had similar stories, but details were swapped out to influence the narrative of their culture right. in their city. Um, no, it wasn't Marduk. It was Sin. Um, it was Nana. It was Enki. Um, it was our God. Your God was Sin on the sidelines. Right. <laughs> We've got the better God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this one does it, but it does it to everybody. <laughs> it's not just like the ones around it. It does it to everybody. So... Um, you were going to say something. Yeah. The, um, I think the last thing I wanted to say on this, this idea is that we've been talking about how Genesis two ish, the the begin beginning ish of two to the end of three, um, is a chiasm, but we're also saying it's polemic as well. Uh, or at least parts of it. Well, chiasm is a, is a reference to its structure. Polemic would be in its genre. Yeah. But yes, but, uh, both of them are poetic structures. Um, to an extent. Not structure. Well, polemic would be structure. Content. Polemic would be, um, would be political. But it would also define its structure a little bit, too. Um, by structure, what do you mean? Because uh, I'm thinking of, like, actual word placement and, like, organization from thought to thought when you say structure. Well, that's partially what I mean, um, is the idea that you're taking these ideas, these, this pre-ordained or pre-written if text or oral tradition or whatever from another culture mm-hmm. and then using that structure or idea and contrasting it with this new one mm-hmm. this new idea of genesis contrasting the enumalish for example that yeah. kind of thing and so it takes by structural elements i mean like it's taking parts of that and then using similar language sure to continue that idea in a okay. similar way, but okay. with differences. Yeah. Well, you can't relegate a polemic to a structure because what if the structure is part of the polemic, right? Like the, the fact. Like in first in the first creation account, the days system yeah. is off of uh, Egyptian stuff. Sure, um, yeah. but even the fact that he rests before anyone's built him a temple. Yeah, it's like a it's like a super, uh, a super st- structure. It's it's the, it can it can take the shape of multiple structures. Like different structures, it right. can take the shape of um, ideas alone. Like like like, like sure. chiasms can be a physical thing that occurs where like the words are the same, beginning and the end. But then it can also be like in the Corinthian sense where it's the the topics mm-hmm. are chi- chiasmatic, chiastic, chiastic. Um, but the but the the phrasing and the wording is not right. But. Right. At, yeah. at that point, it becomes, if it doesn't have the same structure, then it is basically its own thing. Like, it could possibly be alluding to a different text, but then many of that would be, I, I don't want to say it would be reading into it, is that there are thematic structures between both of them that are either contrasted or compared. Sure. Um, while also being a chiasm is a fit more of a physical structure than a thematic structure, although the, the theme is important for a chiasm. Okay. But is... Do you guys think that the the fact that both of these plus other poetic devices and other literary devices are used so heavily within these things uh, either show that it's weak inter- structurally or that it's a work of genius that it's woven all together? Oh, it's a work of genius. I mean, that's that's the obvious answer, but like yeah, this idea that because 
how many people in school, middle school, high school, college, any of that had to write for an English class or whatever and had a hard time comparing poetry uh, with their, their uh, I want to say text, but their, uh, their assignment or whatever. Yeah. So it's hard to, to harmonize all these different ideas, thoughts, structures, themes together. Like, like when they're saying, like in high school, when they're like, hey, write a haiku. And you're sitting there for 40 minutes Absolutely. trying to come up with five syllables. Now imagine trying to mix five haikus together and make it coherent. Yeah. yeah. And it has to rhyme and then also write it as a stanza. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it has to say something political. And <laughs> religious. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 That's how how are you supposed to do that? And it has to be so deep that it affects co- every culture in the life. greatest haiku, <laughs> the greatest haiku literal uh, limerick stanza is the Bible. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to bring this up. Is Literally. a haiku a Japanese chiasm because it has the structure of small, big, small? No. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm going to bring this up just because it's happened several times, and I've and I've said my own piece right after, and then it's gone gone unsaid. You say explicitly Moses. <laughs> yeah, I've been avoiding talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed, and I say author. That was the yeah. prayer. <laughs> no, he brought it up oh, several times in the podcast, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. just not um, like uh, Solomon's the author of Ecclesiastes, right? Not at all. <laughs> um, that's a, When we cover Ecclesiastes, that, that'll be fun. I can't wait. It's going to be good. Because well, I, di- I disagree not because... Nope, I'm not going to get into it. We'll, we'll get into I'm Ecclesiastes. Get into Why do you say... Uh, one, I haven't done as much research into this in terms of authorship. Of that Genesis. would be the reason, yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That, that came off way ruder. We'll clip that. I'm so no, no, no. sorry. Totally fine. I don't care. I, I'm going to cry after, but it's okay. No. Um, I'm going to laugh. The traditional view, obviously, is that Moses wrote it. Um, I also, I've heard a lot of the documentary theory uh, hypothesis, which has more to do with later books than genesis does it no it's super involved in genesis as well yeah yeah is that i have done a like very light looking into it when i had to write some papers in school and it a lot of the arguments are more thematic differences uh word choice choice stuff like that that Um, i don't see you could find all five sources in the first 11 chapters which is pretty wild yeah it's the thing the thing is is the documentary hypothesis isn't the only hypothesis uh to explain away not explain away, that would explain the editation, the editing, excuse me, during the uh, the first five books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very hesitant, very, very hesitant to say there was editorializing in the first five books. Although there could be. I don't, I don't know. Again, documentary hypothesis. Very interesting. We'll have a, well, there's, other, uh, there's other options other than the documentary know, hypothesis. It's just the most popular. Moses predicted his own death. Yeah. <laughs> the most righteous man above all. And at that time, they called it that. Yeah. But not anymore, meaning that it was, they called it that point when it was written, when the events were happening, but it's written way later. That was incoherent, Caleb. <laughs> or he died <laughs> writing it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think even most people agree that the end of, especially Deuteronomy, was not written by Moses because it talks about what happened after he died. But it's written by King Josiah. Anyways, let's go. That's, that's okay. Hold on. <laughs> no, 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 we're not getting into it. Um, so we talked about Genesis. We finished Genesis 2. We're now jumping into the second half of what is one story. Yes. Genesis 3. Yeah. Next podcast. Next podcast. Yep. The Fall. The Fall. Um, the Fall. The Fall of Man. Awesome title. Bad event in history. Do you want to take us away then? 
Sure. Um, yeah, just join us next week for the uh, for the final episode in our creation stanza. Unless we actually need to go over, it's not a stanza. Uh, unless we need to, unless we need to go over um, total depravity. We're going to talk Absolutely. about it. see if we're going to do total depravity after the fall. We'll see. Uh, or that could be the very last one. But thank you for suffering through this episode with us. Um, I'll see you next week. <laughs>